Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Good morning. I spared all of you. I was going to put the mic on while I was worshiping, but I didn't want to do that to you. And then I told Melvin I was going to play Tony Robbins music and come running from the back. But I decided not to do that also. I figured John's not here. I could pretty much do whatever I want to do today. But we're going to continue in this series on how beautiful are the feet. But I wanted to share something that I thought was funny we were talking about this morning. Um, I'm talking about Zacchaeus today, the tax collector. And who would have thought that that tax collector, who everyone despised, would end up giving themselves to Jesus? There's a lot of people in my life, when I ended up handing it over and heard what I was doing, they're like, there is no way. And there was jokes going around, and I have one that I'm going to share with you because I think it's pretty funny. Oh, you can't see it. It says, let me in. And then inside the door says, why? And then he says, so I could save you. And he says, from what? And then he says, what I'm going to do to you if you don't open the door. <laughs> so that's, that's what I do every day. Oh, and now we can't get rid of it. He's going to follow me around. There we go. When, when, you know what's so funny? This is amazing. I just want to thank all of you and, and thank John. I'm so humbled and honored to be able to do this. Um, John and Chris have been so gracious to embrace this walk I'm on with God and to invite me to be part of this church and do what we're doing in it. It really is just amazing to me sometimes that the way God is using me. You know, but um, with that said, I want to pray. Lord, I thank you for your provision. We thank you for this wonderful building. I thank you for the opportunity to join here today. I pray that it's your spirit that fills this building. You get between my mouth and everyone's ears, so those who need to hear the word that you've put on me to share today can hear it. We invite you in and thank you for all that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, I thought about this. I was talking to Daryl. Some of you met Daryl when him and Greg and... uh, Kevin were out here, and Daryl joked with me and said, who would have thought? And it really, who would have thought? You know, there was a point in my life I didn't know what was going on, and I used to joke that I'm either going to be a politician or a preacher. And the obvious answer was, oh, he's going to be a politician, and look where God's put me. So go figure. But uh, anyway, I thought, who would have thought? I would have never, ever thought I would be here. I never thought I would have the calling I had from God, and then I was thinking about this when I was putting my notes together the other day about Zacchaeus and thought about Samson. You know, Samson's another one. Here, Samson was out beating people up, sleeping with whoever, going outside of his tribe to go to other places and everything, and look how God used him. And then you look at Paul when he was still Saul. He was out hunting down Christians, and then God got a hold of his heart, and he became one of the most influential uh, disciples there was. And then look at all of us. I know we've all had experiences where God puts you in that position and you listen to that inclination and then it's amazing what happens. 
So I know a lot of you have, have experienced that. And due to the fact that I am an evangelist, I'm out sharing the word every day. I love it. I just can't help myself. So my message is always going to lean that way. And I don't mean to call anybody out when I do that. I'm not expecting everyone to go out and run down the street and tell everybody how God like I do. However, I just want to share with all of you because it's, it's truly amazing. I'll read Zacchaeus to you, the story of Zacchaeus out of Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the crowd. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up and saw Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your home. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down a tree and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has showed himself to be a true man of Abraham today. For the son of, a man, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Zacchaeus means pure and innocent. And Zacchaeus was far from pure and innocent because he was despised by the people. Most of the tax collectors were despised, and he was the chief tax collector in the region. So he was truly despised. I'm going to talk about Zacchaeus today and his story from three different perspectives. The first perspective is Zacchaeus. I mean the crowd. What did the crowd think of, of Zacchaeus? I have ADD really bad, so you guys are looking at my notes. The, um, he was a turncoat, a traitor, a thief, despised. Most of the Jews despised them because they supported the Roman program, which was a secular program which worshipped pagans and felt not only were they be taken advantage by their own people, but they were also supporting the Romans, which they really didn't care for but had no choice. They were oppressed, and he was helping to oppress his people in order to gain wealth for himself. If we go back to the slide, one of the things I noticed when I was looking at this picture and chose this one, most of the people are in white garments. And his were, were beautiful colored garments, which usually meant wealth because they could afford the better fabrics. Uh, in Matthew, Jesus actually referred to tax collectors as pagans. But, but the crowd just despised him. One of the things I thought about when I was reading this and kept just going over it in my head, over my head, is it's the same thing like we do today. Most of the crowd was self-righteous. They're all pointing fingers at Zacchaeus, how bad he is, but never really looking in the mirror to look at what they're doing. What is so different than what they were doing that what he was doing in so many ways? Because as John always talks about the chain between us and God and sin being sin, yeah, he was oppressing his people. He was taking advantage of them. But we all sin. We're all sinners. So I think sometimes when we're so quick to act and point the finger at someone like Zacchaeus, we may want to just step back and take a look in the mirror because we should be supporting someone like Zacchaeus, not tearing them down. I have a, a talk with someone the other day 
I bumped into a guy in a parking lot. Actually, he hit me in a parking lot. Just nipped me, and I noticed his plate was from New Jersey. So I went over there, and I said, hey, you're going to get a pass because you're from New Jersey. Come to find out, we're in the same place. We come from the same place. He just moved out here. He lives in Santa Monica. We ended up having an incredible conversation about God. He was actually going to be here today, but text me that he just did not plan and would not make it, but hopefully he'll be here next week. But he was telling me when he landed in Santa Monica, he expected this completely different reception from the churches up there. And he seemed like everyone was pointing at him, and it was religion. You know, oh, you this, and you that. And he was really puzzled by it. And this was one of the things I talked to him about. There's a big difference between religion and faith. Religion are the ones pointing a finger, telling you everything you do wrong. People of faith are the ones that are trying to lift you up. So the next time we're being the crowd, we might want to think about who we're pointing at. And instead of pointing at them, help them. The next perspective I want to take is from uh, Zacchaeus. You know my Jersey accent wants me to say Zacchaeus all the time. But it's Zacchaeus. And on Google, one of the pronunciations says, say Zacchaeus. The other one says Zacchaeus. So I did my homework and it's Zacchaeus. Um, The thing about Zacchaeus, he was a motivated person. He was a go-getter, had to be a little bit ruthless. How do you do what he was doing and not be? But he had all the wealth he wanted. Why seek God? There's so many of us that I'm sure you can relate to his story, is we have all these things and we keep wanting more things and we keep wanting more things and we keep getting them. And then we're just as empty as we were last month when we didn't have them. The newness of it wears off and you find out you're right in the same place you were when you didn't have the new things you wanted. I, uh, I think all the time, watch what you wish for because what you have today is what you wished for yesterday. So at some point, we just need to start being content with what we have and look inside to what's really important because that's what needs to be filled. And I think that's where Zacchaeus was. He had everything, but he was empty. He wanted more. He heard all these things of Jesus and wanted to see him so he could have more meaning in his life. He wanted to know more about what was going on. He was willing to serve and be saved by Jesus. His intention that day was to try to invite Jesus to his house. Jesus already knew that. So when Jesus came across him, imagine being him up in that tree all excited to get to see Jesus. And Jesus stops and calls you down and tells you, I'm staying at your house. Reason being is Jesus was excited about the fact that this man was pursuing him because he's waiting for all of us. If you really want to invite Jesus into your house, all you have to do is pursue him. He's waiting for you. Uh, Zacchaeus appeared to be humble and listen to Jesus. And like I reiterated, we're all looking for trees to climb. We're all looking for the answers that are right in front of us. Um, like uh, Zacchaeus, God knows we're looking for him. He's right in front of you. Next, Jesus' perspective, which I touched on a little bit already, is he pursued the sinner despite what the crowds thought. All the crowd was, why are, you, why are you going to sit with this sinner, with this tax collector that we all hate? But Jesus knew he was that one. He was the one he was going to get. Very similar to the story about leaving the 99 sheep to get the one. He wasn't concerned with what the crowd was thinking because he was focused on Zacchaeus. So I'm praying today that there's a Zacchaeus in here and my words are hitting you like a hammer. Um, Jesus obligated him with his words. Even if he wanted to back out at that time, he had no chance because Jesus told him, I'm staying at your house. It was a command, not a request. 
which caused him to put his attention to Jesus and what I believe is what allowed the Holy Spirit to enter into Zacchaeus. Uh, he wanted him to come to his house. The reality of it is he wanted him to come in his heart. And fortunately for him, he did. Jesus was aware of him, like I said, pursuing him, and he's standing there waiting for all of us. So the next time we're going through these troubled times, hopefully we think of Zacchaeus and uh, head towards Jesus. Don't climb the tree. You might get hurt. The, um, this story, I, I thought also about this, this story in Luke about the Pharisee and the tax collector. I'm going to read this to you. Jesus said, two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, unjust, adulterer, or even like the tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. And his prayers were for himself. But the tax collector, standing far off, wouldn't even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. If you think about this, the tax collector was begging God for his mercy because he realized he was a sinner and he wanted God to save him. Where the self-righteousness of the Pharisee, all he was doing is praying to make himself feel better. It wasn't about God, it was about him. It was about all the things he, do, he does. He would normally, the Pharisees would normally do that out in the crowd so everybody could see him and think how wonderful they are. Where the tax collector was off by himself quietly praying to God, being humble. And that's, it's just amazing when, when, you, when you realize that it's not about us. It's not about us at all. It's all about Jesus. How beautiful are the feet? John had told me to bring this back around to how beautiful are the feet. And I'm going to slow down talking because I talk too fast and I'm getting way ahead of myself. Everybody ready? <laughs> you know what? I get so excited about this. You know, the last couple times John let me do this, it must have been like a machine gun to all of you. Because I was just firing, 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 fire, 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 fire. There was so much stuff that I want to get out because I got this opportunity, you know. So hopefully today I'm, I've brought it back in a little bit. It's a little slower. We're going to have questions and answers in 10 minutes. That's a good way to fill. Um, just kidding. Okay, we're, we're focusing on 1015 about how beautiful are the feet. But when I was reading that this week, I went back to, to Romans 1014 because I think it's so important. Uh, Romans 1014 says, but how can they call on him and save him unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? The reason I thought that this verse was so important to what we do here at Pacific Point Church is we want everyone to go out and share the word of God. Like all of our signs say, like everything say, we gather here today to recharge. When we leave here is when church starts. We're all church. This church isn't this building. This church is us. If you get connected with God and you do the things we're talking about, the word, pray, day, actually invite God in and give him some of your time and have a relationship with him. You can't have a relationship with someone. I use the same corny analogy every time my wife's here. But um, if you and I had a relationship and I called you once every two months, that's not much of a relationship. You probably wouldn't even recognize my voice. 
But if we get in connection with God every day and we study God's word, it doesn't have to be an hour a day. I talk to God while I'm driving all day. But when you're in touch with God, he's never going to put you out there. He's going to give you the words. And when that opportunity comes, you'll be prepared. One of the things we were talking about in the men's group was critical thinking. Critical thinking is being prepared so that you can break things down and think about things and, and go back to experience and knowledge and like a professional athlete. You practice, 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 practice so that when you're in a game, you don't have to think. When you're in a game, it's instinct, you go. It's the same thing with us going out and sharing the word of God and being the beautiful feet. When I first started studying this and wasn't really realizing the metaphor, I went out and got a pedicure and I was going to wear open toes today. <laughs> and then I realized this has nothing to do with my feet. Thank God, because if any of you have seen the pastor's feet, woo. The, um, but anyway, I've been in sales and, and marketing all my life. And one of the things that I teach my employees and we always talk about is that the client buys because you believe, not necessarily because they believe. And just like in church and in business, when you go out to call on a prospector, God puts you in that position where you get into front of someone who needs to hear the word of God. That's why God has put you there. The beauty of the feet is the good news. So it could have the ugliest thing coming, but it's bringing beautiful good news. The reason he uses the feet, if you go back to, uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians, where it talks about all the different parts of the body coming together to make one, the feet aren't the most beautiful part of the body, but it's bringing the most beautiful message. And that's where the whole metaphor of the, of the feet come in. But if you're prepared and you're connected to God and you believe in God, it is really easy for other people to, to see that, to feel it, to experience it. That's what we always talk about when we're, when we're, uh, we're fruitful. It oozes out of me. You know, you can't help but think about God when I walk around you. And it's just, a, it's just such, a, such an incredible blessing. That, that's why I'm so excited to be here today sharing with all of you. Because um, if you haven't made those efforts to get connected, please do. He's waiting for you. And what you get is far better than anything you're seeking out here. Uh, Romans 10.15 is a verse that we've been going through through this whole series. Uh, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news of God. And I just went completely ahead of that slide like I always do. But I have this. I was thinking about this yesterday. And a few people that have been talking to me throughout the week were struggling with that uh, metaphor of the beautiful feet. So this is actually, and I'm trying to remember where in the Bible I grabbed this from, but uh, bear with me. It looks like it's John 1. Uh, the feet of the evangelists are beautiful because they bring light into the darkness. Let us not lose sight of how desperately those in darkness need the light. God is the light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of the crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. Jesus is the true light, as Isaiah spoke. The people who sat in darkness saw a great light. And upon those who sat in the region 
and shadow of death, light was dawned. As a quote in Matt, as our feet used to spread the gospel, darkness is expelled and light shines in dark places, illuminating hearts with its heavenly message. It's exactly what I'm talking about. We're all the light. We're all meant to bring this message, regardless of how nasty our feet are. The, um, you know, I, like I said, I just can't say enough how much I encourage everyone to have a relationship with God. And it doesn't mean you have to read your Bible. Up until today, I think most of my family thought I couldn't read. But I listen to everything. But I listen to the Bible all the time. I listen to sermons all the time. I'm constantly connected to that vine. I thirst for it. And you're going to find that the more you open up, the more he gets a hold of you, the more you're going to thirst for it. So that's why we encourage everybody, the word, prayer, worship, day, Hey, sing in a shower to God, sing in a car, talk to him while you're driving. It doesn't have to be this big fancy, you know every verse in the Bible. He, talk to him. He's your friend. He's waiting for you. Um, we're going to do communion, and we're going to actually get out of here right on time today. It's almost amazing. One of the things that I like about communion is when I, when I read through the Bible, I always think about the fact that when the disciples were gathered with Jesus that day, they didn't really know what was about to happen. And he told them he was going to share his body and blood with them. And they did it just because they were walking with him. They trusted him. They knew him. And that's what he was asking them to do. The reality of it is we, we take communion in, in this covenant with God. And we know why we're doing it. And we know what Jesus did for us. So I always tell everybody, you could take communion anywhere. It doesn't have to be here in church. If you're sitting at home praying and you want to take communion, have communion. That's just another way for you to affirm that, that uh, connection with God. So if everybody could grab their communion cups, if you have them. Hopefully we have enough. We're running a little low today. Okay, and when, when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we'll take the bread. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink, drink it in remembrance of me. That's what I'm talking about. Just take a minute. Think about handing it all over to God. Put it at his feet. And as we have communion, just invite him in. He'll lighten your load. His yoke is not heavy. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for this, this church and invite you into our hearts. Amen. Grayson. Thank all of you. That's all I got.